It's Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. He's Brad Law. And news coming out from the bye week earlier this week, the defensive lineman Mosiah Nasili Kite will be missing substantial time due to uh, a bicep, which sounds, one, very painful. Two, this is already a defense that's banged up, Brad. And yeah. this now, you know, you're going to need some younger guys to step up in his place. Yeah, Mosiah Nasili Kite uh, joins Austin Keys, joins Keontae Scott as starters from the defense who will now not be available for a long period of time, if if not the whole season. Maybe Austin comes back, but um, yeah, it's a big blow, and it means that you've got to have some of your younger players now step up. Now, it was Mosiah's first year in this system, but still, uh, he's a guy who has 10 tackles through the first five games and a couple of quarterback hurries, half a sack. Um, definitely a guy who made an impact on that defensive front and a front that does not quite yet have the depth that they want to develop there. There is a rotation. They're not paper thin, but, um, you know, it, you get a little bit thinner now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there are dudes that could step in, right? Keldrick Fox, a big one. Marcus Harris, possibly, if you want to scoot Jason Jones to the three techniques. It's Rodgers that'd be getting more snaps at the nose. You know, maybe yeah. that allows him to kind of flex out. It also makes you bigger against run-heavy run teams. Maybe you'll miss. That's part of what they want to do. But, uh, Brad, I talked to Jason Jones, Auburn defensive tackle, earlier this morning. You mind hearing what he had to say about uh, the injury? Not only do I not mind, I would love to hear what he had to say. Here's Jason Jones on Locked on Auburn. So we all saw the news earlier this week. Messiah Nasili Kite, I believe they said it was his bicep. He, he's out for the remainder of the year. He had a solid start to the season, Jason. How does losing a guy like Messiah impact the defensive front? Well, I know for me it's just kind of sad because I kind of miss having him around personally. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy. Like I never had any complaints about him. But it just means that other people have to step up. So, I mean, like, uh, Keldrick Falk, you know, the freshman, he's going to have to step up. He, You know, um, Zykevius Walker, he's going to have to step up. He's going to get more snaps. Uh, we're going to have to move some stuff around. I don't know where, but we're going to have to move some stuff around because, you know, the most important thing in this league is depth. If you don't have depth, then you don't got fresh players. You don't, you don't got fresh players, and you can't put your best out there. I think it's telling – that the first player that he immediately went to was Keldrick Falk. Yeah. We've seen a slow progression with Keldrick through the first five games. We've seen him yeah. get a few more plays and a few more plays, and we have seen the explosiveness. And I'd love to stack up there the number of plays side-by-side side for Keldrick and Mosiah. Mosiah with 10 tackles, half a tackle for loss, two quarterback hurries, as we mentioned. Falk's statistics, nine tackles one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hurries. Really similar, almost exact from a from a numbers. Now, I understand it's more than just numbers. Sure. Um, but in terms of those numbers, they're almost exactly the same as Messiah's uh, in, I would guess, significantly fewer plays. Yeah, fewer plays for sure. And like you said, numbers are important. And we've gotten better at categorizing impact of defensive linemen than we used to, but still only you know, impact can be so many things because they're not going to chart double teams or, or you know, penetration yep. that bounces the back outside and then, That's you know, right. wh whatever happens. So, uh, yeah, you're right, though. Against UMass, Keldrick Falk played – 13 snaps against Cal 14 against Sanford 26. Well, okay, here we go. Here we go. 
Then AM it dropped back to 23. And then against Georgia, it was 16. You gotta think it's gonna get closer to the 20s if this is if this is kind of what we're expecting, right? Yeah, I think you're closer to those Samford numbers now. I think you're in the 25 range, give or take here and there. And that's you know not quite half the plays, but um yeah, I think you've got to have that from Keldrick. And I think the expectation has been anyway, he's so explosive and he has the potential to disrupt that you wanted to see his plays increase. You hate for it to happen this way, but I think there's a lot of confidence in what he can do filling in the, the gap. The second name that Jason mentioned, who's in the meeting room with all these guys every day, Zakevious Walker, which... Yeah. We all love Zacchaeus Walker coming in. Kind of thought he was going to transfer and didn't, and I was glad that he didn't. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen a whole lot of him, despite hearing some pretty good reports out of fall camp about Zacchaeus Walker. What was your response when you, when you heard Jason say that name? Well, I noticed Zacchaeus on the field for more than one. I mean, like every play in the Georgia game, as you look back, could have been a critical play. But Fair. they didn't hesitate to put him in on first down, second down, um, to open drives. Uh, you've got the, I think you've got the numbers in front of you, and I don't. But the number of play, how many, how many plays did he have in, against Georgia? Nine. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. That's about what I thought it was. I guess. Um, I may have said a little more. Honestly, I would have said probably low teens if I had to guess it blindly, but yeah. 15 against UMass, seven against Cal, 11 against Sanford, which is unique because a lot of these guys played more against Sanford. So that's yeah. interesting. AM, 12 snaps, and then Georgia was uh, not the season low, but close to it. Uh, yeah. Nine. No, and that, that'll go up. Now, we, we've loved to. his potential too. And I think maybe his numbers were lower in the Sanford game because Keldrick had 26. If Keldrick has 20 plays and Good you point. give those to Zykevius, now he's up around 17. And it's a little more balanced, I, I guess, in that kind of scenario. But, yeah, the teams you got coming up, LSU, Ole Miss especially, um, there's a lot of balance in those offenses. You've got to have those guys on the end be able to do multiple things. They have to have multiple skill sets. And you got to have some explosiveness. And so – uh, well, Brad, especially when you look at Daniels, who will be yeah. their next opponent, you kind of want athleticism on the edge because they're going to have to contain, run him down, really, you know, oh. finish the play, yeah. if you will. And you may want a guy that has more of the athleticism of Keldrick. I mean, obviously, yeah. you'd rather have both of them, right? But I mean, Keldrick Falk, it's um, it's his time. It's yeah. what it seems like. It's his time to to see what he can be, and can he be this five star? That Auburn, uh, that Auburn added to the 2023 class. Yeah, you got to be able to close. You got to have closing speed. You talked Ooh. about finishing the play, and you got to, I mean, it's, it's one thing to have explosiveness and right. be able to create um, a, a burst with the first step. It's another thing entirely when you force the quarterback out of the pocket and he's going to twist and turn and do everything that he can to avoid the actual tackle. Like it doesn't mean anything unless you make the actual tackle. Right. So, right. That's what they've got to do. Did you just tackle your camera? I did. I got so fired up that I just I love that. You just a, hit the mess out of your camera. <laughs> All right. Hey, All right. wait, wait. It's like I lined up in an overfront, Zach, and just had to, to attack from that. What's an overfront? An overfront is where your D tackles play the one technique and the three technique, and your defensive ends play in the five technique. Come on, Zach. Go. Everybody knows that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> For the folks that watch multiple Auburn shows, they will get a kick out of – 
that. I guarantee it. Uh, All right, let's move into buy, sell. One of my favorite segments of the week. And buy, sell is brought to you by our good friends, our great friends at Exit Realty Anchor South. Got to check out our friend, Ross Kilpatrick. He's the best in the biz as far as taking care of all of your real estate needs. He's serving the Auburn area with locations at Auburn, Lake Martin, and Fort Walton Beach, Florida. From Auburn, Lake Martin to the Emerald Coast of Florida, contact Ross Kilpatrick with Exit Realty South uh, for all of your real estate needs. And of course, War Eagle from Ross. Brad, are you buying or selling this? Jalen McLeod is the Auburn player who benefits the most from this bye week. Uh, yes, because he's been running his motor at less than full speed. He's been running hot. He's been running fast. He's uh, he's given his very best, and he has increased. I think his um, explosiveness, every his impact on the game, I think, has gone up every week. And now with the extra rest, uh, and especially now with Mosiah Nasili Kite, you got to have it on the on the other side. Yeah, I, I'm buying that. Yep, that's a good start. Okay. Peyton Thorne has his season best against a power five opponent regarding passing yards next week in Baton Rouge. The oh. low bar, to be fair. It's a you, lower you, bar than we all so, would like. So far, you're not saying that it will be it will be his season best all year. Just so far. Yep. Oh, yeah, I buy that. Okay. Uh, I buy that. Now, you know, Ole Miss's balance helped them. And that actually works in Auburn's favor, too. Uh, Ole Miss's ability to run the ball, set up their ability to pass the ball and make some big plays downfield. I think Auburn will work on that passing game. Significant, like that'll be the focus. Um, and, yeah, so I, I'm two for two. I'm buying. Okay. Are you buying or selling? And we'll probably get into this in the six-pack to some extent. Missouri at least covers – against LSU right now. I believe my bookie has it at six. Yeah. Mm. I do have that in the six pack. I will sell that as okay. much as I want to see LSU limp back to Baton Rouge and have nothing to play for next week. I just see too much talent there and I'm not quite ready. Now, Missouri, th this game could make me believe in Missouri, but not quite there yet. Sure. Yeah. All right. Brad, buy or sell. Rivaldo Fairweather leads Auburn in targets for the rest of the season. Hmm. He had seven against Georgia. Yeah, I believe. Leads in every game or leads overall? The rest of the season. All right. So, <laughs> are, you, are you stalling? No, are I'm not stalling. Right I'm now? not stalling. I'm just trying to, I'm nitpicking. Um, I'm going to sell. I think Jay Fair will wind up with uh, – will, will lead the way in targets the rest of the year. Up to this point, Jay Fair has 27 targets on the season. Rivaldo has 19. Shane Hooks has 17. Yeah. Who finishes the year with more catches? I'm sorry. I need to phrase this in a buy or sell. Jair Shorter has more catches the rest of the way than Camden Brown. Yeah, they're even at one right now. Um right. I'll, oh, that's really hard. I'll sell that because Camden has the most recent catch, and maybe if he continues to get closer to 100% and 
and gets a few more targets and, and makes good on them, then I'll, yeah, I'll go Camden. So I will go sell on Jair having more than Camden. All right. All right. So that is the weekly buy sell segment brought to you by our friend Ross Kilpatrick, who calls you law dog. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Oh, I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm absolutely okay with that. All right. Next law time dog. I next time I go to the beach and and I want sun on my body the way it's hitting the top of my head right now. And mm -hmm. uh, I got to make sure to call Ross. Oh, he'll take care of you. Serving the Auburn area with locations in Auburn, Lake Martin, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. From Auburn to Lake Martin to the Emerald Coast of Florida. Contact Ross Kilpatrick with Exit Realty Anchor South for all of your real estate needs. War Eagle, you can call him at 334-402-0028. Time for a little six-pack action. Yes, indeed. Just because Auburn is not playing this weekend does not mean we'll deprive you of the six-pack. And before we get into it, I got to tell you about our friends at MyBookie. You demand perfection is a better. And you know who delivers? MyBookie. That's Ooh. who delivers. NFL, college football, brand new cash out system gives you options to bet and win all season long. You know, right now at MyBookie.ag, Zach, they have, and I'm not making this up. This is not hyperbole. They have Hungarian water polo lines. Yeah. You know, I've been looking for somebody who has that. Have you? So that's um that's good. Well, they've got it. Uh and so many options here. First two legs of your parlay hit, you cash out early, use the funds on another bet, or let it ride. Chance it a little ride. bit of a bigger Always. payday. If you love letting it ride, just join the MyBookie family uh and uh, get in on the rest of the season with Odds boosts, free bets, outstanding contest. You got bonuses right now up to $200 uh, on first deposits. Just use the promo code next round, right? Promo code next round on a deposit of $50 or more, and you're going to get some bonus cash. Bet your deposit amount once. You're ready to cash out at any time again. That's promo code next round. Claim your cash deposit bonus. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, Village Vice six-pack, we're going to go chronologically here, Zach, as we typically Let's do. It. do. 11 o'clock, two intriguing games in the 11 o'clock central window Saturday. We'll start with the Red River rivalry. Mm. 12th-ranked Oklahoma, third-ranked Texas. Texas, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you like? Who you Hook like? Hook them. Hook them. Texas is back. I'm all yeah. in on the Longhorns this year. You're all in. All right, we're going to disagree right off the bat here. Oklahoma, number one in the Big 12 in scoring defense, number one in turnovers. That's the key. Number one in turnovers. I think they get a couple, and they're able to get the win. All right. Same time frame, 23rd-ranked LSU, six-point favorite against number 21, Mizzou. 2013 was the last time Missouri beat two top 25 opponents at home. This would be number two. This is their biggest game there at Faroe Field since probably 2013. I think Missouri's a good football team, Brad. I think LSU's a good football team. Is Missouri better than them? Uh, I say mm -hmm. yes. Uh, I think Missouri wins. I think okay. Missouri wins on Saturday. We're two for two on disagreeing, man. I'm just not quite there yet. I don't know that they can run as effectively. as like I think the Ole Miss running backs – uh, are good. I, I think they're legitimately good. Top two, three running back group in the SEC. And I don't know that Missouri can match that. And so I like LSU to get the win on the road. Sure. How about 230? Alabama is a one and a half point favorite against Texas A&M. Here's a legitimate question. 
how is A&M not ranked? They were ranked before the season. Their only loss is to Miami, a team that's unbeaten and ranked number 17 this week. They've just, I mean, they cleaned Auburn's clock two weeks ago. They cleaned Arkansas's clock last week. How are they not ranked? Yeah, I don't know how you can watch this A&M team and say there's 20 teams better than them. I just yeah. have a hard time buying that, especially when their quarterback goes down and the guy who comes in is putting up the same type of numbers. So mm -hmm. uh, the Aggies are a good football team. I'm taking Alabama. This line started at three and a half. It's slowly, slowly dropping. I think uh, I think it's going to be pretty much a virtual push by the time they kick off on Saturday. I'm mm -hmm. taking Alabama. It's hard to beat Nick Saban once. It's even harder to beat him twice in a row. So, yeah, I'm taking uh, I'm taking the Crimson Tide. Yeah, Hugh Freeze the last guy to beat him twice in a row. Um, yeah. Love to and see this, that. I guess this wouldn't be twice in a row. This would be two times in three years. That's right. You're right. I, we're going to go three for three. I think it happens because okay. I think that, that Jalen Milrose test in college station is much more difficult than what he faced in Starkville a week ago. Cowbells or not. I, I, I think the personnel is different and those defensive ends and linebackers that he's going to try to contend with are much more talented and athletic in college station. And I like Texas A&M to make a statement win. this A&M team should win 10 games this year. They're good massive. enough to. They're yeah. talented enough to. Um, and look, that defensive line, Auburn saw it firsthand a few weeks ago, and that's kind of something that mm -hmm. Alabama's concerned about with their offensive front. So that could be the mismatch that decides it, Brad. Good call. Yeah, absolutely. And and quarterback hurries, quarterback pressures on both sides will be key because both, yeah. both lines are outstanding at pressuring the quarterback. Right. All right, at 6 o'clock, you got Kentucky in this week at number 20 in that big running game against number one, Georgia. Now, Georgia's back at home, but they're 14 and a half. I'm a little surprised they're as big a favorite against Kentucky as they were at Auburn a week ago. Yeah. Any shot for the Cats to pull the upset? There's a shot, sure. I mean, this is like the last real test for Georgia this year because I don't think Tennessee can do it. I think Kentucky's better than Tennessee right now. So I'm going with Georgia, but man, it'd be awesome if Kentucky could pull this off. All right, let me give you a little stat on Ray Davis, okay? Reigning okay. SEC co-offensive player. He's unbelievable. Two SEC games, 43 carries, 358 yards, and five touchdowns. Is that good, Brad? It's very good. Against a Georgia team that just gave up over two bills to Auburn and a ground-focused offensive attack. Kentucky, Are you calling the upset? Kentucky, you, do it. Listen, do it. hang on, hang on. Kentucky is the kind of team that can hold the ball for like 40 out of 60 minutes, yeah. put together nine-minute drives on the ground. I'm not picking them to win, though. But you could talk yourself into it if you really had to. I get it. It I won't shock it. me if that's a game in the second half, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it won't shock me at all. Sure. How about how about 630? Let's go ACC. 10th-ranked Notre Dame, a six-point favorite at Louisville. Louisville is undefeated. They're 5-0. and Last time they were 6-0 and was 2013. Last time they sold out their stadium was 2019 against Notre Dame. Now they've got them again. Who do you like? I like Notre Dame, and I like Notre Dame by a lot. I think they cover. That was one of my picks on another show earlier this week. Um, yeah, I love the Irish this week. All right, yeah, Louisville's undefeated. They've kind of squeaked by. I will say I don't know how many times in a row Notre Dame can get up for these kind of games. I mean, they've got the mistake. Teams always want to beat Notre Dame because of who they are anyway. But now Ohio State, then Duke, now a ranked Louisville team. Can they keep punching back every time? I tend to agree they can this week. 
But at some point, they've got to have some kind of letdown. Yeah, I also don't think Louisville should be ranked, Brad. Yeah. I mean, I know they've got like that. That's great for them, but I don't think Notre Dame's preparing for them in the same way. You know, this yeah. is an Ohio State battle. That's fair. All right, nine o'clock, fifteenth ranked Oregon State at Cal. This is an affinity pick <laughs> because we've seen Cal. We know Cal. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State's a nine and a half point favorite. This is the first of five straight games for Cal against top twenty opponents. Just wow. a brutal stretch for the Golden Bears. But they're at home. Can they pull the upset at home? I like them at home. I think Cal gets the upset at home. Thank That'd be great much. for Auburn. Makes that win a little bit better. Maybe soups up your RPI just a bit. I think Oregon State wins. I think this is a good football team. I think Cal. I think Cal's going to be leaning over their skis a little bit when you compare them to the rest of the Pac-12 over the next few weeks. And this is just the start of it, Brad. So, yeah, give me the Beavers. All right. So we disagree on four out of six. We always do. Seems Are we like tracking it. these at all? Is there any kind of prize? No, is there any, no. no there's not. There's not. Nope. Okay, then. I, but I'm so far ahead, it doesn't matter. Oh, I think I had a good week last week. I think you did, too, actually. I yeah. think you beat me last week. I think you beat me last week. But cool. Fun stuff. Hey, everybody, enjoy their bye week. Hopefully you get some uh, a full Saturday of stress-free football viewing and uh, get maybe get some stuff done around the house. Who knows? I'm going on a trip. I don't know what you're there doing, you Brad. But Love it. Uh, I may carve a pumpkin this weekend. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Brad, I think that just about does it for today's show. It does. You got to have high goals. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.